you put red X's on your calendar for this week and say, I'm working on a personal project. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get a job that comes in inevitably that says, you know, hey, we want to shoot that week. And you just have to say no and literally turn down the money that's there, you know, to work on your own thing. And like, I think that's just kind of investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Hopefully in the long run, it's it pays off. Adam Patch is a commercial director. You can find him on Instagram at Adam Patch. Adam has directed work for Google, Square, and Starbucks, to name a few. He's also the creative mastermind behind Eyeball Eyeball, a sticker street art project. Adam is the master of emoji captions and has a great aesthetic. He lives in Denver with his wife and their daughter. I met him at his home to record this conversation. You're listening to This Guy's Legit. Here we are. I'm so excited. This is like... A long time coming in my mind. You just heard about <laughs> just it heard recently, about it. <laughs> but you've been on my list for like a hundred years. Oh, cool. Um, what have you spent your last 24 hours doing? Uh, my last 24 hours? Yeah. I just got back from a work trip. I was in San Francisco and LA for 12 days for three different shoots. <laughs> so I just got back yesterday morning. And since I got back, I've just been doing nothing. Just been ca- catching up with the family and relaxing trying to not do work yes yes is it hard for you to shut it off like you've been hitting it so hard for so long and then like all of a sudden you're back home and your family if there's man. it's only hard for me to shut off if there's a lot like right now it's perfect because i wrapped up those things i don't really have that much to prep or going on so it's easy because i don't have that much going on it's hard for me to shut it off if i'm like in the middle of it you know and like i'm have a shoot in two days or something like that um but yeah i mean that's why after something's done and I have some downtime, that's when I try to soak it in because, like, that's when it's easy to just relax and shut off my brain for a minute. <laughs> have you been able to do that always? Like, for for me and a lot of people that I know, it, it took many years um, where the sort of, like, the famine didn't feel like a famine. It was just, it felt like a break. Yeah. Yeah, I think my famine switches... Wait, my break switches to a famine after, like, a week... <laughs> It's yeah. so like after like after seven days of like not doing work, I just like start to like I just get antsy. And it's not even like necessarily about the money part of it. I just like I want to be working. I love mm-hmm. work. So, you know, it's like if after a few days of just taking time off or whatever, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get back into it now. Totally. Yeah. How do you use your breaks? Like when you are on a break, what do you do? Um well, good question. I mean, I just try to spend more time with the family you know it's like changed obviously since having kids having a kid and um just try to spend more time with family just be around like do stuff do the stuff that I can't do when I'm working a lot with just you know being available to pick up while they're from school or something you know stuff like that um you know try to get out on bike rides when I can but and then and then also just trying to do more of my own creative stuff that I just don't actually get a chance to do when I'm working so much playing music or working on my own personal projects or what, or just also just fucking zoning out and watching a bunch of YouTube videos or catching up on Netflix or, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> totally. What are you watching right now? Do you have any shows? I've been totally into the show Patriot. It's like my favorite show right now. And I just finished, I just binged it in the middle of all this chaos that I just had for the last 12 days. I still managed to sneak in. Like I was just so obsessed with it that I like would be like exhausted at like 10 o'clock. I'm like, I'm just going to watch one episode real quick. Uh, it's a show on Amazon. It's so good. I can never stop on one episode. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like if I'm intrigued, especially if it's a short format show, yeah. it's like, I'm just going into, th- I'm going to totally. watch another one. Yeah. There's no way I'm stopping at one, <laughs> but hard. then I get tired. <laughs> yeah. 
And when you have kids, it's like they're an alarm clock. So you're waking up. I know. That's the hard part because then at night you're like, I just want to feel like I want to binge and just watch to 3 a.m. Yeah. But then you're going to wake up at 7 or whatever. Those days have passed. (laughs) We don't get to binge on anything anymore. We just have to be like, you know. The binge days are gone. The binge days are gone. Yeah. That's okay. We're healthier for it. (laughs) Our our skin is clearer for it. Um, What were you like as a kid? Um, I was a pretty... uh, I don't know. I was a pretty, like, I was a good student, you know? I was pretty, like, straight-laced. I was always pretty creative. I think I did, like, I always was drawing and playing music, and, um, yeah. I wasn't, you know, I was, I played sports growing up, but, like, I played tennis growing up, and I played, but mostly, you know, wasn't super into sports. Um, yeah. You mean you didn't play basketball? Yeah, I know. I get it all the time. All seven feet, eight of you, or yeah. however. How tall are you? I always say my go-to line is that uh, by the time I realized I was going to be tall, I was already terrible at basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, I had a growth spurt, like, in my junior year of high school. Oh, so, wow. Like, you know. So, Wait. I was like, yeah, I was not, I was terrible at basketball. I didn't know that I should have been practicing all that time. The scholarship trick. The yeah. scholarship ship Missed had out. sailed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. You've got other talents. Yeah. So, when you were into art and drawing. Did you do like pencil? Like what were you, what was your yeah, doodle? What did I, you do? Yeah, mostly pencil, I think. Like, um, I was always just doodling like in school and stuff. I would just always be drawing in my notebook and stuff. Um, I took a few, like my parents get, got me like a few like art classes growing up, which was, was super cool and like very helpful. Like I, you know, like basic, like, you know, two point perspective stuff and like, just like you know, figure drawing class and stuff like that. Um, I, f- I did a few handful of those growing up. So it was like pencils and, you know, I, I always would always play around with other stuff. Like, you know, I did watercolor sometimes, but I was never, it was always just like a random, you know, thing. It was mostly doodling. Nice. Yeah. I always like, I always drew the same thing. It was always a tree, a bat, a poorly drawn tree. What was the tree? It was just like a like shitty lined tree. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great. It was just like that's the only thing. I'm not an artist, but like that was the. I always would doodle the same thing for years. I'll still doodle it. It's so weird. Where did it come from, though? I don't know. It, there's like some tree deep in your psyche that you yeah. have to find out. Yeah, I think I'm, I should probably go to therapy around this tree. <laughs> like, what? What does it mean? Yeah. Why have yeah. I been doodling the same that tree? Did weird. I see it someday? Like, is it from? Is it like the tree from To Kill a Mockingbird? Like, right. I don't know. Oh, interesting. But yeah, you I'll should let you some, know. Let me know when you figure it out. Yeah, I did. I'm, it's all coming back. Actually, I did. Uh, I used to do a bunch of like comic. I love like comics. Huh. So I did like uh, little character doodles, and I one time I don't even know how old I was. I was probably in elementary school or something, and I like drew like a comic strip, and I sent it into like a like, newspaper or something to try to, like, get it published, and obviously it didn't get published, but it was, like, that was, like, my, I think at one point in my life, that's what I wanted to do, was be, like, huh. a comic book artist. I love, wow. like, Gary, like, Gary Larson, The Far Side, you know, Sunday, Sunday morning paper is, like, the best day of the week. Totally. Yeah. It's, like, the only paper worth looking at. Yeah, I would just, that, just throw it all away. <laughs> wow. So... I'm super curious how you got your start as a director, because it's not like you can just one day decide, I'm a director, yeah. <laughs> like hire me for these things. Did you, like, did you get your start working on little projects with your buddies or like, how did you take the leap? Yeah, I, it kind of started, I mean, I first like learned about it or like got interested in video was in high school. I was in like a f- TV production class. <clears throat> and it was just, I loved it. It was like, you know, the main thing was like doing the morning announcements you know? Um, and 
that was like how the class got, you know, was able to survive. But outside of that, we were doing our own short films and like, you know, whatever we wanted with video. And I just really loved like the format of video and just like the idea of editing and, you know, it kind of incorporated like a lot of different, you know, like you'd storyboard, which is like drawing. And then like when you're like sh shooting stuff, it's like a composition, which is like photography, you know, so it's like, I, I love photography. So it's kind of like checked a lot of boxes of things that I like to do. So I was just really into video. I liked it. And I took that class for like maybe two years in high school and just decided that I wanted to go to film school. Like when I, that's what I wanted to do. So, um, I did never really have another like idea or plan. I was just, just, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to film school, obviously. And so I just did that. <laughs> Where'd you go to film school? So I went to, I moved to LA first. I went to Cal State Northridge. Um, I was there for a year. And it was like, this is a total state school, commuter school, like first year, you don't, you're not actually in the film program, you're just taking your prereqs, and then you like test into the film program, like after two years or something. So like after a year, I was just like, what the hell? Like, I want to, like, I want to shoot, be shoot I want to be doing stuff. I want to go to film, like, I thought this was film school, man. Um, and then uh, at the same time, at that time, one of my friends, who's a cinematographer now, who I went to, it was actually in my, um, he was actually in the same like video production class when I was in high school. He was a high school friend, Devin Whetstone, who's a cinematographer in the Bay Area in LA now. But he like he was moving up from Arizona where we grew up, and he was like, "Hey, we're going to the Academy of Art in San Francisco." Him and another friend of his that I knew, we're like, "You got you should come like move with us." And like, "Well, I'll share we'll share an apartment together. It'll be awesome." Looked in the school, looked amazing. Like I'd, I'd never heard of it before, and so they convinced me to move up after a year at Cal at Cal State Northridge. So then I moved to San Francisco and went to the Academy. Wow. Yeah. You know, that remind like the fact that you had a buddy who yeah. was like, I'm doing this thing too. And like, let's go in and do it together. I think that that's so special. And I think that that really does set the stage for what it's like to have a career in this business. Yeah. It is so much about relationships and trust and knowing that the person's going to be there and they're going to do what they need to do and to let you do what you need to do. And um, did you find that you made a lot of relationships in film school that have continued throughout your career? Oh yeah, huge. I mean, <clears throat> the film school part of it was like the actual education part that I got from film school was like, okay. I mean, it was cool. It was great. You know, it was a good experience. I really liked it. Um, it was, you know, it was in the time when you, there wasn't everything you could already want to learn available on the internet. So it was like also one of the ways that the only ways that you could even learn that stuff to begin with. So in that sense, it was really valuable, but for the most part, the biggest thing I got out of it was the connections and meeting people. And this person met, led me to this person, which gave me this connection, which brought me onto this set where I met this person, you know, that sort of thing. So, totally. um, that was, I mean, that was the main part of it. And that's like, I get emails like pretty somewhat regularly from random kids who are like, Hey, I'm thinking about going to film school. Like, do you recommend it or whatever? And I, my, I always say like the school part of it is like, you can take, you know, you can learn so much of that on your own now. Like back then at least the, it was all about the connection and getting on set and getting hands-on experience and meeting those people that are in the industry. And that was like the biggest thing that helped me, you know, get started was, were those connections. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I find that something that I see really missing from film school curricula or like course descriptions, mm -hmm. course lists, they don't teach you anything about the business of filmmaking. I, totally. um, I got a course catalog um, for a university near where I live and it was offering sort of like a post course. I don't know. It was like after you already have a degree and you like want a class on, you know, filmmaking. Okay. And I looked at all the descriptions and I was like, 
They, nothing. Nothing does it say about budgeting. Nothing does it say about contracts. Yeah. Like there's nothing about the business of filmmaking, and I feel like that's a real disservice to the people who are coming yeah. up in the business because it's it's a business, and and a lot of the people who are in the business are artists. Yeah. And that's not something that is their in their comfort zone. Yeah, for sure. And so they can really, um, you know have a lot of missteps or get taken advantage of, or Mm -hmm. just not, they're just missing a whole big, really important piece that they have to learn the hard way. And I feel like that's a disservice. I totally agree. I think there's, I don't know why that is either. It's like just some weird thing that nobody talks about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm probably the opposite of you in the sense that I, from a, like, I really hate the business side of things. Like I really don't, you know, like people talk about like, oh, we should start your own production company sometime and like, you know, get you know, I don't like, I don't, if it was up to me, I would just do the work and like do the jobs and be involved in the creative. And that's why I love, like, so I love not producing and having mm-hmm. producers who do my jobs. Cause like I, I do not find enjoyment in about the business part of it. And I hate contracts and all like all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So like I was never into it for, from a, from a business part of it or like thinking of it as an entrepreneur sort of thing. Um, but it's such a huge part of it still. And like something that I just had to deal with and like, you know, you, you have to approach eventually. Totally. And I was totally unprepared for that because Mm. film school never talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially at the beginning when you're just getting your start, you have to do all the pieces because you don't, you don't have, you don't know the producers. You don't have the budgets to hire the producers. Like you have to just be the one or two man band. Yeah. You have to wear every hat. Mm -hmm. But as you progress in your career and you start, you know, up leveling on the caliber of work that you're doing and then you're up leveling, leveling on the budgets and the client list and all of that, then you can afford to bring in your A team. Um, but it's so many years before that happens. I know. And it's, well, it's, it's funny though, because it's also, a, I feel like it's a great process because then you actually learn all that stuff along the way, whether you wanted to or not. Totally. So now you get to that stage where you don't have to deal with that anymore, but you're at least aware of it. And, you know, I feel like that is helpful in any, you know, any profession within filmmaking. It's like, if you're a cinematographer, it's super helpful to come up through the, you know, G&E side or whatever. So you understand how, you know, lights work and how they, you know, all that sort of stuff or whatever for, through directing, like you come up and you understand about you understand acting and you understand, you know, it's not like you can just pick the one thing and only do that. Like coming up through the ranks helps to have a better holistic picture. Totally. Yeah. So speaking of coming up through the ranks, have you, have you been, you know, benefited from having mentors in your career that have supported you? Like, have there been people who've sort of like been your champions along the way, or do you feel like you really had to do it like with your peers on your own? Um, definitely. I've definitely had mentors. I don't, I don't, I think of them more as mentors, not as like cheerleaders. You know, nobody was like, yeah, you can do it, man. Keep going. Like, but mm-hmm. it was more like there were, when I had questions, like I, it was purely self-motivated. But then when I had questions and I was like wondering what to do, there were these people that I could reach out to and get advice from. And that was like super helpful, especially on the business side of things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where I didn't know about that stuff or even not on the business side of things, you know, like I, um, you know, I do almost exclusively commercials now and it's like the commercial world is so there's such a specific like hierarchy of how it works from like client to agency to production company to director to like all this stuff. And like that part of this, like there's, it's, it's a pretty simple diagram. I think if somebody drew it out, but no one ever draws it out. And like, you just have to like kind of figure that out, you know, and that type of stuff, like just the, I guess just the logistics of like how that, how that kind of works and how the, what the creative process is really like in commercial world, Mm -hmm. um, was something that, 
definitely was helpful to come from, like that I got tips from other people in the industry. Totally. Well, and I've noticed that you really pay it forward. I, I've noticed that, you know, when I have a question or when other people have a question, you, you know, you, you have been an open door and you're like, I'll talk to you about that, which I think is really important because I think that, um, you know, when people reach a certain level um, in the business, you sort of have two ways to play it. You can either like shut the door behind you yeah. and be like, here I am, I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah. Or you can like, you know, open it for the next people and totally. like help them into the world too. And, you know, being that production is so much about trust and relationships. Yeah. It's like, that's also the way that you build that. And it's, yeah. that's always exciting for me when, you know, I, I start out with somebody and they're my PA yeah. and then there's a spark and there's like more there and then you can sort of like help mentor them and then they, they do their first directing piece totally. and it's like, wow, it's you great. know, it, it feels just as good as if it was you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I honestly think back to those initial conversations a lot when people ask me for advice or they do ask me, you know, to give my perspective on it. Like those first initial meetings, you know, or whatever, like, and I've just email random directors and be like, Hey, like, I don't even have anything to say to them. I just wanted to like, whatever. And just to get the email back and just say like, Hey, keep, you know, keep it up or whatever. Like that was like so huge and amazing. So I just like, I really do think back to those, those times where like people higher than me were, were just like nice to me, you totally. know? <laughs> so I try to keep that in mind. Like totally. always. Yeah, totally. And you know, there's, it's like relationships are fluid and like someone who, you know, maybe on their way up now is going to be like, make calling the shots yeah. in a couple of years. For and it's, sure. um, it's just so important to support each other. Yeah. I had this like, really like unfortunate experience where, um, someone reached out to me and it was like right after I had my second baby, right after I had Levi. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I, I didn't get a maternity leave. I was like still scrambling to like keep yeah. the ships moving and like feed a baby and like sleep a little bit. Yeah. And Someone emailed me and was like, hey, I'd love to meet up for coffee or whatever. And I just, it's like, it fell below the line in yeah. my email and I never sure. saw it again. Uh -huh. And then I ran into her um, and she was like, oh, and I was like, your name is super familiar. And she's like, yeah, I emailed you like a year ago and you never responded. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And she understood, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. but I felt so terrible because, yeah. you know, I... I reach out to people, people reach out to me and sure. like responding is like the least you can do. Right. And you're, if someone reaches out to you, you, you respond. Yeah. That's like, you're human. Sure. Um, oh, I felt so bad, but it was just a good reminder that like, I need to be better at flagging. Like, yeah. even if I'm, you know, barely alive, like, yeah. like with a three week old baby, it doesn't well, matter. I think that's, I think that's a good reminder also from the other side of like, just stay on people too. Cause totally. like, cause I've heard, that's happened to me many times. I've heard that story so many times where it's like, Oh shit, man, I'm sorry. I was so busy. Like I was in the middle of a shoot then and I forgot about it or like whatever that like, people reach out to me and I forget to write them back. They'll, they'll reach out to me again. And like, you kind of appreciate the mm -hmm. like initiative. It wasn't just like, one, there's a mass email out to people and then like you just didn't respond. So they're done. You know, totally. it's like you kind of appreciate them, you know, putting in the extra effort to like hound you more or, what, or whatever. Just stay, like every time it's happened, there's, it's never just like, oh yeah, I wasn't interested in talking to you. It was like, I'm sorry. Like I totally I forgot missed about it. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah. Well, the slogan that I like to come back to is persistence is the new politeness. I like that. And it's like, we're all so busy and yeah. there are so many avenues of communication. Yeah. Like you got your messenger, you got your like direct message, you got your text, you got your email, you got your four emails. You get, totally. it's like, Oh my gosh. Totally. Um, and so, I get stuff all the time too, where somebody will like reach out to me on like Facebook messenger or something where I don't, I don't ever use that. And then like, I'll see it like four months later 
but I'll realize they also send me an email, which I did respond to. And I'm like, Oh sweet. That's the way to do it. Like some people, and some people write me and they just never hear from me. And I'm like, sorry, man, I don't like, you can't just assume that I'm just going to like read a comment in my Instagram or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's an interesting thing too. You know, you, your Instagram is amazing. And it's like you, it's interesting to me because like, that's an art. It's an art. I see it for you. Like you don't do any shame. Like you don't do any like personal promotion, but you're doing from my perspective, you're using it as an outlet for art because you aren't a camera operator, you're a director. Um, and so you are responsible for what's in the frame, but you don't get to be the one that like you know, yeah. clicks the shutter. Yeah. And so, um, you're also your emoji game, like with your <laughs> captions is on point, but I can only imagine, I don't actually know what your following is, but presumably it's larger than mine. Um, cause mine's just like a mom town, <laughs> but, um, how do you deal with that when people are, you know, like they feel connected to you, they follow you, they respond to you, they message you. Do you respond to everybody that comments? Do you like, do you, is that part of your life I mean, flow? I try to, but I mean, I don't, I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not like at some level where there's just like a constant influx. It's like a full-time job, like keeping up sure. my social media. So sure. yeah, I mean, I try to like, even if it's just like, you know, people say whatever, like leave a yeah. comment. I just try to say thanks yeah. you know, or whatever. That's but nice. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, uh, I, to go back to what you said about Instagram, I mean, I, when I started it, I was like, it was a way for me to do photography. I used to, you know, I used to try to shoot film and like, I would, you know, I was into photography. I would, you know, I had a Flickr page and like shit like that. Like it was just like my photo portfolio that I'd love to keep updated. And then as time went on, it just kind of fell by the wayside. And then when Instagram came along, it took me a while. Um, Carl actually like talked me into it because he was just like, dude, what are you doing? Why aren't you on Instagram? Mm -hmm. And, um, I started doing it and it was just like a, it was like, I didn't ever think of it as like social media. It was just like a photo. Like it was like a way to like, Oh, what's the coolest photos you can take on your phone? Sure. So for me, part of the challenge is also you only using your phone. Mm -hmm. And like for a while I only followed people that would like, like that was part of the, like that was what I was most interested in. It was like shooting only phone stuff. And now it's like so blurry. It's hard to even tell like Mm. what, you know, who's, who's shooting on what or, and it doesn't matter as much anymore. But basically the people I follow are like, you know, people who are, it's like an inspiration board, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like I try to look for visual inspiration. Well, that's what's so interesting about social media is like you get to pick what you see, and like right. yes, it's a bit. It gets to become a bit of an echo chamber, but you're you're it's your you're choosing your own adventure, yeah. and you're in control of your own experience. Yeah. And um, I went through and like did like a mass delete at one. I think I deleted like five hundred people that uh-huh. I was following because I went. I I had this like mom thing where I was like you know making friends at the playground and like doing when I was in Oakland like doing that whole thing. And some of them would be like, oh, you have to follow these people. And I'd be like, okay. So I'd like follow these people. So all these moms I didn't know that were like, you know, having these like really like, you know, very clean, very, you know, tiled backsplash life. And (laughs) which was super beautiful and very inspiring from a design aesthetic. But to be perfectly honest, it got to a point where it was like, I just started, I I felt like yeah. bad about myself. Like, why does my kitchen not look like that? Yeah. Like yeah. why, why is my kitchen and like my kitchen's nice. It's a nice kitchen. Yeah. Like I'm just glad that I have a kitchen. For and, sure. um, but it just, it's like the, I get to choose my own adventure. Yeah. So like I get to put, I get to pick what I'm going to follow. Right. Like wh- what's going to inspire me and what's going to make me feel good, not yeah. bad. And, totally. um, and so I did like a big purge and sort of like a re a bit of a re follow. Nice. Like, what do I want to do? But I think, um, the reminder there is that we all spend so much time on social media, whether we want to admit it or not, yeah. we do. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, we should be looking at things that are going to inspire us yeah. to do and be who and how we want to be. Yeah, totally. I agree. And I like, I kind of, that's one of the reasons I liked, I like Instagram is because, because of the follow, because you don't have to follow back like with mm, Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, so you just follow the stuff that you want to see and other people can follow you. And if they want to see your shit, but you don't have to, it's not, doesn't have to be mutual. Totally. Whereas Facebook's, you know, that's kind of what I do. Like I try to keep the separation of like Facebook is just like a bunch of pictures of like, you know, friends from high school and like people's food from lunch and like, you know, <laughs> and, like, you know, whatever. It's just like, it's all the like stereotypical like social media stuff yeah. and then instagram i try to keep it more like you know like i'm not, I, i'll just follow people they're like oh yeah cool i'm like interested you know like we're friends i'm not i might not just follow you just you know no offense to you i'll follow you on facebook but like my instagram is like that's your info yeah yeah exactly and i think that that's totally okay yeah i think that's like totally okay <laughs> yeah <sighs> yeah it's the people are like follow back I know. Like, I follow Cardi B <laughs> on Instagram. Are you familiar? Do you know who oh, she yeah. is? She's incredible. Sure. She's amazing. She's yeah. super fun to follow on the internet. But you see these, like, comments, and it's always like, hey, girl, follow back. And it's like, but she's not going to follow you yeah, back. Cardi and B's that's not okay. Follow you. Yeah. Like, it's okay, guys. Yeah. It's weird. Like, if your goal we can is live just our to get lives. people to follow you, then you're not using it right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's a good one. Okay. So here's another question okay. for you. When you were starting your career, yeah. what was your biggest fear? Um, I guess my biggest fear was just failing at it and having to pick something else. I mean, you know, to, to have to go back to whatever other job that I had no idea what that would be. But yeah. I mean, the whole industry is just so in going in, into it as a freelancer. It's so I mean, you know, it's just so like you never know what's going to happen that's so not stable. So like the fear is always is still there now. It's like, well shit, what happens if something changes and like, I don't get work anymore. Yeah. What do you do next? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Do you, are you, do you sort of like plan for that? Do you, you know, pay pay yourself first and like save, save Not as well as I should Mm -hmm. because of what I said about me not being like a business minded person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So that's, that's like my, I know my own thing that honestly that like I'm trying to work with and like, you know, that Morgan and I work on is like trying to figure out, like be more responsible mm-hmm. like um, people in our lives now. And just like, you know, planning better. And, you know, like we just recently started like thinking, like p- getting, putting money away for retirement and shit like that, mm-hmm. where it's like, usually by this point you'd have 10 years at some job where you've already been paying into 401k and I've never done that. So right. it's like, you just have to start thinking about doing that shit on your own. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And th- this is why I'm saying like these schools need a business court, the business of filmmaking, the yeah. business of freelancing. Yeah. It's like, you, yeah, it's a, it's a real shame that, you know, people in this business don't, no one ever advises them along the way yeah. that they're, that they should be thinking about these things. Totally. And so, you know, you sort of, you sort of see your income as one thing and then you like rise to it. And then you spend it and then you realize, oh, like I wasn't yeah. paying myself first. I wasn't yeah. saving my money for a rainy day. And, um, you know, there is also this, this sort of like question between like, but is it really going to crash? Like, but I'm like, it's all working out. Yeah. So like, you just have to stay positive at the same time. You still have to plan for the worst. I know. Totally. And then for so long too, I think when you get started, you're just like stoked that you're able to do whatever you wanted to do mm-hmm. and you're like being able to make it like mm-hmm. you're surviving you're like this is rad i'm like doing the thing that i want to do and i like have i'm paying my rent and like totally. you know, I'm making it ends meet and that's just all you're so stoked on that and then like, at a certain point you have to like be like gut check okay 
now this is like actually my career now. I gotta figure what out else? how to make it. Yeah, mm -hmm. make it long term. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I have a great financial advisor that I'll like connect you with who's just real good at just like coming in and being like, here's what you do. Like, cool. ba boom, do nice. this thing. Yeah, we've been working with one. That's oh, one of the great. things we've then changed this year. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like being responsible like that. It's like, oh, let's hire somebody who actually knows what to do and tell totally. us what we should be doing with their money. Well, and that's something that's interesting too is, you know, people wait until they feel like they've got plenty of money and yeah. then they talk, then they spend the little bit of money yeah. in the scheme of things to talk to somebody. But I think people should do it sooner. Yeah. And I, I know that it's, you know, scary to spend like a couple hundred bucks to like have someone. And it's scary even to like look at your own finances and, and put all the numbers in a row. And, and, you know, you sort of have a gut of, you know, you feel like it's this way, but then, you know, you're kind of scared On to paper, look at it because what if yeah. it's this other thing. Yeah. And, but it's really important to do, especially when you have kids and a mortgage, you know, and people in your life that, you, that are counting on you. Totally. So, yes, <sighs> we should always remember that like money doesn't grow on trees. No, <laughs> um, scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I want to hear a little bit about what you're looking forward to in the future. Like, do you set goals for yourself? Do you say like next year I want to, or in 10 years I'm going to be? Yeah. Um, it's something I, I am trying to be better about being so more specific about. Um, I always have gen like pretty general goals, um, but I mean I'm a. I think it's really smart to just like really pick a thing and like try to manifest that specific thing. So I try to do that. I'm not as I'm not as good as as I want to be. Um, my the, my short term goal is like always to just like keep leveling up in the commercial world. Like I just like you know, there's still so much room that I have to grow. And like, you know, there's, there's bigger jobs, there's better, you know, bigger tools, there's bigger budgets, there's, you know, more interesting, creative, there's like all that stuff that I just am always striving for. So that's like the thing that's like day to day, every job that comes in, that's what I'm like kind of looking for. Um, from a longer term standpoint, I mean, I definitely want to be doing features or narratives, or, you know, I, or at least try a feature, I would just definitely want to be doing more narrative storytelling. So um, that's like my longer term goal. The problem is I'm constantly putting that, you know, pushing the longer term away from my short term. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's the thing that I'm working on. I think that that's always going to be a struggle. Yeah. It's like, you know, burden the hands worth two in the bush. It's yeah. like, what do you have in front of you? And I yeah. think that a lot of people live that way. We're, we're responsive and reactive instead yeah. of being, um, sort of like meticulous and planful. Yeah. But it's like, what do you do? You're not going to turn down a job that's going to like pay your mortgage and but at a certain point I feel like you kind of have to that's the mm. thing that's like it's it's sort of like um I kind of think of it like you were talking about financial planning it's like it seems like a lot to put away like a couple hundred bucks a month or something just to you know to plan for your you know retirement it seems silly but like you just have to do it and you figure out how to make it work and I feel like this is my hunch because I'm not actually doing this but I feel like I just have to do you have to do that and just like you put red X's on your calendar for this week and say, I'm working on a personal project mm, and okay. you're going to get a job that comes in inevitably that says, you know, Hey, we want to shoot that week. And you just have to say no and literally turn down the money that's there, you know, to work on your own thing. And like, I think that's just kind of investing in yourself. Mm. Hopefully in the long run, it's, it pays off. But that's the thing that I'm learning now is that I need to start, that I need to actually do that. Cause if I just keep saying like, Oh, well there'll be like a slot of time where it's just going to make sense and I'm going to do it. Like it's not going to happen. It's an interesting thing to consider though, because it's like when you're right now, you're in your prime earning years, you know, right. maybe, I don't know. In this business, you sort of, 
there is no such thing as like your prime earning years. Yeah. It's like you hit it, you don't, right. you're like you keep growing, so like the market down. crashes, yeah. you're screwed. Like it's so it's hard to say you're in prime years, but you know, we're in the hustle time. Yeah. Um, even though we're raising young children, right. but it's, I don't know why that happens at the same time, but <laughs> it does. It doesn't seem fair. Um, what's the point? The point is that it's, it's really hard. You know, it's like when you think about, Money, just when you think about earning potential and you consider the kind of money, you know, you can make working commercial versus the kind of money that you don't make for like maybe 10, 15 years when you make a feature or when you do a show Mm -hmm. with a show, I think it's a little different because you can see that return sooner, but like you're investing first. Like if you're, if it, and if it's your feature, like you have to raise money for it and then you have to pay your investors back first before you ever take a paycheck. And like, what if the movie doesn't get picked up? So it's like people who people who take that leap and find a way to you know either invest themselves or like get their team together and like everyone puts in or like they get an investor that's so scary to consider but yeah. if that's a dream that you have mm-hmm. then it's like you're going to have to do, do it, it sometime right but it's not really a just do it because again like you while to... you're in your prime years and like you you know you're building your business you're growing you, you calls are coming in right you have to take the calls. Totally. Yeah. It's it's trying to balance both those things. Yeah. Totally right. But that's like the art versus the business. And that's the interesting thing about being in a business like right. the film business. Totally. Yes. <laughs> and I think with anybody, I think, um, you know, all people who have a passion, they're balancing between making their paycheck yeah. and then pursuing their passion. And sometimes they're lucky enough that like, you know, the concentric circles just like happen to hit and you right. find the thing that pays you, the thing you're passionate about and like you turn it into a career. Yeah. But it's, it's good to know that even people who've done that, like yourself, you still have these other creative pursuits. You still yeah. have these other dreams and these other future goals. Right. Um, even if you aren't actively working towards them now, you're still thinking about them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, man, what would you do if you didn't? <laughs> if you just like did, got the thing that you wanted to do and then the, you just did that and you didn't have any like future <laughs> hopes yeah. of what you wanted to do. So yeah, I mean, that's the thing that, you know, keeps you wanting to grow and keep working. Totally. Yeah. And waking up in the morning, really. Yeah, right. Yeah, man. The future is, is, you know, it can be really scary or it can be really exciting. And I think a big, a big part of it is perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you consider yourself an optimist? Oh, your dogs consider themselves optimists. They're like, yes, take um, me on a walk, daddy. Yes, definitely, definitely an optimist to a fault sometimes. Mm. I always, I always see the brighter, you know, I'm always like, yeah, this is definitely for the better or whatever. So sometimes I have to check myself on that and be like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said yes to that or like, you know, um, that probably wasn't, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, definitely glass, glass half full type mm-hmm. of guy. And you've always been that way. Yeah, I think so. So my last question, I want to know what you consider to be the meaning of life. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you should see your face. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, man, that's a, I don't, I think, I think that even the idea of meaning of life is a little, I'm such a, like a, I don't think that there's a meaning <laughs> that's kind of messed up. So I think like our, our goal are like, we just got to have like the best, you know, just have the best life you can have while we're here. I don't know. I don't think that there's like an overall thing we're all working towards. I think it's like 
be, being happy and trying to make other people happy and make, you know, do things that are good for the world or whatever while you're here. And then that's it. And then lights out. And then lights out kind of it's sort of, <laughs> sort of dark when I think of it like that. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I, that's kind of, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, sure. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for Thank you. giving us the window. No problem. You've been listening to This Guy's Legit. This episode was produced by me, Rachel Dorsey, with editing by Drew Dorsey and original music by Taylor Joshua Rankin. This Guy's Legit is executive produced by Bone & Gold. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe to get the next episode automatically and if you really like what you heard, leave a review. And follow us on Instagram at This Guy's Legit.